Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 68 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money, tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In past episodes, we spoke about how to build an income and expense report, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, and what to look for on a net worth statement to see how close you are to complete financial choice. Last week, we had as our guest, Jesse Bressendine, who creates cohesive teams within large corporations so everyone is working toward the same goals. Today, we have as our guest, Jeff Prager. I've known Jeff for a couple of years, and I'm so proud to have him as a guest. Jeff is a retired CPA, author, speaker, and entrepreneur, and has taken companies public. He's the co-founder of the CFO, which stands for Chief Financial Officer CFO Project, that teaches financial professionals how to provide their clients with one clear path to a business that grows and becomes more profitable. He's taken companies public, and his own company was the second largest privately owned home building company in Colorado. And while running that, he was also a partner in a land development company that developed over 10,000 residential lots in Denver and Phoenix. Jeff, welcome to the Wealth on Any Income podcast. It's my pleasure to be here, Rennie. Thank you. Well, let's get right to it with some questions. Let's talk about what you're doing now and why. Like, you know, you've been retired for 14 years. Why are you working? (laughs) And this is the third time I've been retired. (laughs) Truly. Um, I love what I do. I I truly love what I do. It's, it's, you know, like my wife is a potterer. She spends all her time doing that. I ride my bike. I have my model trains, but it doesn't give me the mental excitement that this does. And I have had a, as a goal since I retired to help over 10,000 businesses uh, grow and be more profitable at the same time and realize that there was no way I could do it by myself. So what we did is we created a training program for enrolled agents, CPAs, bookkeepers to teach them the skills to become a CFO as opposed to accounting skills. And accountants tell you what happened in the past. Yes. They're like in the back seat saying, here's where you were. <laughs> Whereas the CFO is the guy taking you into the future, saying, if we want to go here, this is the path we take. And what we do is we teach these financial professionals how to provide this one clear path to their clients. Now, each path is different for each client, obviously but we teach them our methodology to do it. It's a lot of fun. And and it makes so much more sense because you don't drive a car looking in the rear view mirror. Exactly. Exactly. So let's now, because I donate a hundred percent of the profits from the work I do to the charity shelter to soldier. uh, Tell me about the cause that's important to you and what they do. Well, I always used to do it to carry, but it's the, why am I blanking out? The You're National talking about, I, I, know, I know it's the uh, Kidney Foundation and Allied Jewish Federation. Those are two. And, and anything to do with asthma. 
anything to do with asthma. So I grew up with really bad asthma. And even to this day, I have to treat it, but it's under control. Those are the charities, those that are helping people breathe easier. Uh, my wife's mom died of a kidney disease. So we that's one of our favorites. And Allied Jewish, I've been active in for many, 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 many years. Actually served as president of Allied Jewish Housing, which I know this sounds like an oxymoron, but it was Section 8 housing for poor Jews. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Hey, you know, poor people can be in any ethnic or religious background. So, yeah, I get it. And yeah, um, we, we all have our stereotypes, but sometimes they just don't fit. They don't match reality. Exactly. And one of the things that I noticed with all my guests is the charities that they support are the ones that mean something to them personally. Like for me, sheltered a soldier because of the dogs that, that we love and the soldiers who protect the way of life here in the United States. And my service during Vietnam was so easy. I mean, I got to eat food at a table on a ship. In the Naval Reserve, I got to take showers, and I had friends from high school who were crawling through rice paddies. So um, because I had it so easy and what my friends went through, that's why I'm supporting Sheltered a Soldier with so much money. Yeah, I've had friends go through some pretty traumatic uh, experiences in Vietnam. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because I, I, of my asthma, I couldn't serve, but... That was a blessing in disguise, maybe. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about, uh, well, you you mentioned CPAs and bookkeepers as your target market for the CFO project. Is there anything new that you're going to be launching? Yeah. Uh, our goal is on January 1st to launch a project we call Business Owners Only. Mm. And what we're going to be doing is taking the same fundamental training we're given to uh, CPAs, financial professionals, and gearing it for business owners so they could actually apply it to their own companies. Mm. The difference is that when you're a business owner, you usually get buried so far in the weeds that you forget to look at the bigger picture. Where am I going with this? Why am I doing it? What excited me about it when I started, because for most of us, when we start our own business, it turns into our own nightmare. Those are such great questions. I I know I'm cutting you short and there's more that you want to say, and I will have you say it, but I just wanted to emphasize that those questions are so important for every business owner to ask on a continual basis. Okay, now go ahead. Well, just basically, you have to have a game plan. You can't just deal it with it by day by day. Otherwise, you're always in firefighting mode, putting out the day's fires. And a lot of business owners totally, they're, they're so focused on that checking account, if you will, that they don't think about how their decisions are affecting their long-term viability. And because of that, I mean, you ask them, how much money do you have in the bank today? Is it more than you? or less than you had last year. And it's usually either the same or less. Very rarely is it more. Are you making the kind of money you thought you would? Oh, well, I didn't do this for the money. Baloney, you've <laughs> you got to have cash to for your business to survive. 
And that's the other thing. The CPA profession teaches you how to save money at the cost of making money. And the whole paradigm is wrong. They're focused on profit. Now, for tax purposes, they want you to make no profit. Well, how long can you stay in business for, with no profit? Okay. But regardless of your profitability, you could stay in business for years without profits. Look at Amazon, look at Uber, look at all of them. Yep. But they all have one thing in common positive cash flow. And that means taking a different look at your numbers than just focusing on either top line growth or bottom line growth. Let's look at your cash flow. Let's look at your growth. Let's look at your ability to withstand problems. Let's look at your ability to invest in your future. Let's look at the ability to pay yourself what you're worth. No one's really addressing those questions. You're absolutely right. And, and they are crucial for the long-term growth and survival of the company. But now, right. yeah, we've painted a picture because, I mean, hey, you've been very successful uh, and I don't want anybody listening to think it, it, you know, you start that way and it's the only thing that happens. But uh, I know that you had a business failure. I think it had to do with books on tape. Tell me about that. Well, the, the first time I retired, I, I had taken a company public and made a, a pretty good sum of money. So I th said, you know, I'm tired of accounting and didn't realize that I spent years perfecting it. So I went into audio books and just read that there was a huge market and everything like that. And I said, oh my gosh, if I could get 1% of the market, I'm going to have a great business. And by the way, I did get the 1%. But what was funny is I got on the board of directors of the Audio Publishers Association, and I got to see how they put their statistics together. Mm-hmm. And realized that their $1 billion industry was really $250 million. Uh, That's different. <laughs> Quite a bit. 25% of what they were telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so once I realized that, I realized that my, my whole business plan was built on an erroneous assumption. And the question was, do I try to get 4% of the market? Or do I quit? And it, it, it just turned out that it was easier. The, the path of least loss at that point <laughs> was to close it down. That was probably my, I mean, I invested a lot of money in it. Had I not been elected to the board of directors, I'd probably still be going broke. But <laughs> it, it's, I did not know the nuances of the industry. I, I and get that's it. what I learned. And what I love about accounting is I forgot how, how many nuances I learned along the way of taking that company public. And that knowledge is, I mean, you don't get it from a book. You just don't. No, no, you can't. And so what I'm hearing is your biggest insight from that may be to stick to what you know, and you're great in financial planning and growing businesses. Um, exactly. I think it was uh, Peters um, in search of excellence mm -hmm. who said, stick to the knitting. 
Yeah. Um, well, which means stay with what you yeah. know. Right. Now, I love what I do, but if you don't love what you do, that's a whole different discussion. Oh, uh, yes. And so okay. we're, we're not. Yeah, that that that's for another episode. Right. But, but, but if you talk- like what you're doing, then just do it. It's, it's the old saying, if you're doing something well, do more of it. And if you're doing something poorly, do less of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you're enjoying what you're doing, everything's going to work. I won't go that far. You've got oh, a plan. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you, you've got a plan. But, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I'm saying. Everybody thinks it's so magical. It's not. It, it's we've got it down to a system. And when you have a system, it's easy to figure out what's working, what's not yeah. and correct it very quickly. But what I'm saying is even with the systems, if you're doing something you don't like, it's not going to turn out as well as if you're doing something you like. And yes, you follow the systems and you have the plans and you see what your numbers are. You know, my podcast is doing well because I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying meeting new people. I'm enjoying connecting with the people like you that I've known and contributing to others. So it makes it easy. And and the fact of the matter is you're giving more than you're getting. Yes. And and that's what makes a difference, I think. Uh, Let's see. uh, Another question. Oh, is there a case study you can use or give an example of something where a client you've worked with who followed the system, you know, how things turned out for them? Well, this happened recently. We, we took on somebody, a, a painting company. They paint buildings or houses or something? Houses, uh-huh. residential okay. painting, Okay, uh, exterior. After two years in business, the, the second year, they lost $204,000. Oh. The mm-hmm. first year, it wasn't quite as bad, but that was their startup year. And we looked at their numbers and we have a dashboard. We look at what drives the numbers, not the numbers themselves. Mm-hmm. And the, sto- the numbers tell us a story. I kept saying his pricing was bad. So after last year, he goes, you know what? I agree. My pricing must be bad. That's what I thought was the problem. And we looked at it and I said, okay, let's figure out an algorithm for your pricing. And we did. And he goes, I can't charge that much. That's more than my competition. Well, if you look at it, 50% of all businesses, according to the SBA, never make it to their uh, five-year anniversary. Mm -hmm. I think the number's much higher. I think it's closer to 80%. That could be, yeah. And then according to Forbes, 80% of those businesses will never get to the 10th anniversary. Mm. So that gives you a 4% chance of success. So if you're matching the industry statistics, what are the chances you're going to be successful? Very low. Right. Right. So, and that's always been my problem with industry averages is they're average. And if you look at the percentages that are going out of business, you're setting yourself up to fail. So we changed this whole messaging raised his prices considerably. His volume actually went up. His gross profit went up. And as of August, his profit was um, $881,000 this year. Cash in the bank 
was 600 grand and he had no more debt. I got, well, that, that's a $1 million swing from a loss of 200,000 to a profit of 800,000. Correct. Yeah. And, and he was one of those businesses. He was losing money, but he thought he could make it up on volume. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I love and, that. And expression. the faster he grew, the more money he lost. And yeah. People don't understand. That's not the formula. <laughs> I know. I, I, when I hear that, I just know it's a joke. Let me ask you, is there something that you can provide to our listeners that would uh, support them in, in this area? Well, yeah, um, there's something called elasticity in pricing. It's, the, it's how sensitive your pricing is. And I found that the single most place where I've helped people is in their pricing. Mm-hmm. And what they don't understand is that let's say you're getting a 30% gross margin and you discount it to 20%. You've got to do 50% more business to get to the same place. Mm-hmm. And, I- and instead of getting 30 cents for every dollar over your break even, that's money you could put in your pocket, you're only getting 20 cents. So you're working harder for less money. Everybody says, I want to work, I want to make more money and work less. Yes. But what they do in their pricing is the exact opposite. It makes them work harder and get less money. So this, these tables will show you how much, if you discount your, your profit margin, how much extra work you have to do. The second table is the opposite. If you increase your margin, how much less work do you need to do to be in the same place? Oh, got it. Okay. So I'm going to put a link to that. It's the CFL project pricing worksheet. I'll put that link in the show notes so people can get it right there. And is there a question I should have asked you that would still give great value? And obviously not only the question, but what would the answer be? The question is, how do I run my business for the long term? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, you got to quit managing by your checkbook. You got to quit managing by your fire of the day. And you've got to start thinking about where you want to end up and put yourself out there five, 10 years and say, what's that organization look like? Who do I need to hire? What am I producing? What am, you know, what does my organization organizational chart look like? Do I have the right people? And then manage to where you want to end up, not based on your checkbook. Now, there are times you have to. If you're in a position right now where you're losing money and stuff like that, then the first obligation is to get to break even. Then the second part is to get beyond break even, your one-year plan. But you've got to have a five-year, 10-year plan And let's face it, your numbers are going to be wrong. There's no way you could project out even a week if you really think about it. Right. Okay. But that becomes your benchmark. It's like sailing a boat. You know that you want to go from point A to point B, but you've got to tack frequently to get there the fastest way possible. 
And that would be, okay, why do you set up these benchmarks so you know when to tact, when to change, when, when things need changing so that it becomes an automatic response as opposed to, oh my gosh, things aren't working out. I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I'm going to just keep fighting fires and your business will not succeed. Yeah. Jeff, this was great input. There's a lot for business owners to think about from this conversation you and I have had. And I want to thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. And you can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform. And please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to know how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 27-page roadmap to complete financial choice and receive a weekly email with tips, techniques, or inspiration around your business or money. Again, that's wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. Next week, we'll have as our guest, Fritz Gilbert, who has an award-winning blog about what to do with your life when you no longer have to work for a living. Until next week, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now.